0: everyone. This is Sarah McFarlane from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Michael Helmes and Dr. Diedrich Kuster. They joined us for a webinar on best practices and new techniques in high content, higher throughput investigations of excitation contraction coupling in isolated cardiomyocytes. Let's dive in. Michael, this question is, what other indicator dyes have you tested?
1: Mostly tested uh, calcium dyes, uh, fluo, rhodamine, FUR2, fura 4 We've also tested fluovolt, uh, so we have done a range of things. Uh, there's not that much else we're really interested in at the uh, moment, but it is a general fluorescent system, so pretty much any dye you can think of, and you can measure in live cells with a photomultiplier 2 would be
0: applicable. Great. And this next question is also for you, Michael. Have you measured action potentials in IPSC cardiomyocytes?
1: We haven't, although we're very tempted to try it because we saw some data from another user that collected them in IPSCs for our system. And the data just gorgeous. It actually works better than adult cardiomyocytes. The signal is a bit better and uh, doesn't suffer, suffer as much from cardiac toxicity. So we're very inclined to to try the cells. Uh, If you do that, we'll, of course, share the results. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure everyone will be excited to see those results. Diedrich, this next question is for you. This person has asked, how reproducible are the effects you see on the screen as you only measure the compounds twice?
2: Yeah. so this, so what we do is we measure each compound in two different animals and then in, in, in between 30 and 50 cells per per animal. So the data is, is relatively reproducible. Sometimes we see differing effects and therefore all the positive hits that at least are positive in one of the two animals, we repeat a third or a fourth time just to confirm. But in uh, all in all, it's pretty reproducible.
0: Okay, great. And this next question, Michael, is for you. What criteria does your software use to determine healthy myocytes?
1: We don't so much determine health, but you can select on, because uh, that's, that's kind of subjective. Uh, we do check for decent creation. We do check for, can check for length and size. We can reject small, the ones that are too small or too big. And we, we, we can set a minimum uh, sarcomere length uh, does more acceptance rejection criteria. It doesn't exactly tell you about health.
0: Okay. And so it does that automatically?
1: It does that automatically. And of course, you can still uh, select PulseLog based on, uh, on the data. Like whether it has artifacts in the cells, you could say, well, the cell has to be fast and over. You have to uh, cool. take an overview as a researcher.
0: Really cool. Okay. This next question is for you, Diedrich. This person has asked, you use kinase inhibitors in your screening, but most of the compounds increase contraction. Is that what you expected?
2: Well, it it was not what I expected, but once I saw the data, it made sense, or at least it could make sense because the issues we have is that it's easier because the cells are contracting, but they contract not very strongly if we don't give them anything, so we give them serum, then they contract a little bit stronger, but they still don't, do not contract very strongly. So therefore, I think activating it is a little bit more easy than than inhibiting fractional shortening. So in that respect, I think it's, that's part of the answer. But apparently also a lot of kinases, if you inhibit it, that uh, will activate contraction. So uh, apparently there's a large set of, of these uh, kinases in your cell, which is interesting. And we're, we're following up uh, on this.
0: Awesome. A future step then.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, we have another question here. I think, Michael, this one is for you. This question is, could you please elaborate a bit on how the solution exchange is done in the system? For example, the time course, the heating, etc.
1: Temperature is extremely important for your um, kinetics. So whatever we add has to to be at the same temperature as the cells, it has to be at 37 degrees. You can get a beautiful dose responses if you perfuse in the solution, but it does have the downside that uh, it takes a long time. We are finding that uh, in a lot of cases by replacing part of the solutions with solution that has the, the compound you want to test in it also works, and it's actually a faster way to, to spread it around. So the isoproterinal experiment that I showed, we actually pipetted it in. And in the t- 24 well dishes, uh, if I'm correct, we pipette four wells at a time, and then we measure them. Is that correct, Edric?
2: So we pipette them in per well, okay. and then measure it. So open we want lid, to pipette it in, close it, measure it. Yeah. So we just, yeah, exactly. And but we take out, uh, we don't add small volume, So we take out a little bit, two hundred fifty microliters, and then pipette it back in, so that we don't get um, problems with mixing or slow diffusion of compounds. That works well. Uh, yeah. So it, it's clear. It's
1: actually doing the experiments here.
0: Great. Okay. So our next question is here. I'm not sure who it's for, but the question is, you measured more than a thousand cells, but you only included 700 cells. What was your exclusion criteria? And I think based on the time that it came in, it's for Diedrich. Uh,
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So this is also based on, um, on, uh, on fits of the data. So if the data could be fitted well, and uh yeah, sometimes you have an artifact if there's too much shortening or if there's uh, something, the the sarcomere pattern is not as clean as you, you thought it was when you started measuring that you you get an artifact in your spaces. Yeah, this these are the exclusion criteria. So basically inability to fit to get good fits and therefore good data.
0: Cool. Thank you for that answer. It's really great. Michael, this question is for you. Which software are you doing the analysis in?
1: We created, uh, uh, Cytocypher created the Cytosolver software because we knew that we would hit a bottleneck if we didn't do that, and that has been evolving. And as soon as we were able to collect many more data, we realized we, we needed to make the next step easier as well. So we used uh, something called r that allows you to really quite easily build dashboards to connect to our database and create graphs from the, from the data you just analyzed and do it per project. So we're trying to go to a really project-based approach. So yes, for, it's, it's our software. You can you can get access to it.
0: Okay, makes sense. There's uh, another question here: Is this high throughput system applicable to isolated skeletal muscle myocytes?
1: Can you answer that?
0: Yeah, Please. go ahead.
1: We have done it with FDB muscle. Um, FDB muscles are about three times the size of cardiac myocytes. And if you plate them and uh, you paste them, you can actually, uh, you can imagine them the same way. It's a little bit difficult because they're really fast. So we actually had to go to uh, at least 500 frames per second to uh, capture the contraction. And they tend to uh, jump if you uh, twitch them. So we actually, we actually had to pour some collagen over the cells to, uh, to keep them in place. We spend some time on it, but it's absolutely possible.
0: Okay, great. So lots of applications there for people who do skeletal muscle research too. This question is for Michael, I believe. This question is, which isoproteranol concentration did you use?
1: I used uh, 15 nanomolar. Okay. We usually use 15, but we wanted to be really sure about the effects, so we used 15 nanomolar. Okay.
0: Awesome. And we have another question here. How easy is it to detect arrhythmic events? And can calcium dyes interfere with the detection of these arrhythmic events?
1: Calcium dyes always confound your experiment to some extent because you add a calcium buff to your solution. You should also always be aware of it. So I, I can imagine they can also dampen out some uh, some sparks, but I'm, I'm no specialist on that uh, in that area. Our okay. software does have uh, analysis algorithms that can detect uh, after contractions uh, and the likes. So we have some arrhythmia uh, detection capability.
0: Okay, hey, cool. And. The next question here, I believe, is for Diedrich. When measuring sarcomere length data, how long does it take to find the right direction slash focus slash location?
2: So if you do automatic cell finding, it does so automatically, of course. So that that's very easy. Uh, if you do it by hand, it's also very quick. So uh, there's basically you have to click on the cell and then you rotate it using either a mouse or a controls on a keyboard. And therefore, and then you can, if you want to measure the different spots, you just click somewhere else with your mouse. So this is much quicker than the old method in which you had to rotate uh, the camera and uh, adjust the the, the window. Um, so it's, it's very quick; it takes a matter of, uh, of, of of seconds.
0: Okay, cool. That's good to know. Why did you select TTB? of 70% and did the other TTB values have the same significance? And also, as a second part to that question, why not use tau from mono-exponential fit or bio-exponential data?
1: We had to pick one and it seemed that, uh, because you can't show everything, and 70% seems to be the most consistent uh, value tau is great, but you need to take great care about how exactly you fit it because it, 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 it depends on uh, your data shape. so I, I find it harder to automate and to get really good data. Plus when you have uh, contractility data the start shortening, it's really not a single exponential return. So personally I always had trouble using tau for that and I'd rather use uh, time to present the shortening. In the end, they give very much the same
2: they, they give the same answers
1: qualitatively.
2: Okay yeah so in the in the paper if we publish it we will we'll will publish uh, as much data as we can but uh, yeah i agree with michael they they do show the same things and, and tau is a little bit more finicky i guess uh, times the baseline you always get correctly
0: hope you enjoyed this episode of expert answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work offer tips tricks and best practices but most of all share science don't forget to subscribe